Hello, everyone, and wel- welcome to episode 16. Uh, I think I got that right. There's a lot of episodes now um, of Low Crossword Podcast. Uh, today, here with me, I'm doing yet again uh, another couples episode with uh, sister Rachel Portner and brother Blaze Portner. Uh, how are you doing today? We're doing well, Sam. Yeah, Glad to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so getting right into the questions, uh, what motivates and inspires you? Why do you get up in the morning? And you can both answer this. Um, so I guess I would, I would answer those as two different questions. So I think um, my, our family, like our children, our farm, um, they motivate me, they inspire me. Uh, we have lots of goals and that we're working towards. Those are a big motivation of, um, of what I do during my day. But I guess what gets me out of bed in the morning is most often probably boredom. And I just, I don't know, it's, it just would be boring to lay in bed. So might as well get up and be with all the people that I love. Fantastic. You know, my my answers would be somewhat similar to, to Rachel's. Um, for me, a, a big motivating factor for me is um, improving things or building things. Um, I don't necessarily mean, you know, hammer and nails, but just improving things in our lives, um, improving things, you know, at work on our farm. Um, I just, I really like to make things better. I like to make things more efficient, um, and flow better. Um, and that's a big part of what I do at work. Um, and that's a lot of what we do here on the farm as well. And what gets me up in the morning is the baby every morning, <laughs> bright and early, 6 a.m. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you mentioned your line of work. Could you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, so I so my full time job is I work in property management. I manage an apartment complex in La Crosse. Um, but I, I do odds and ends things as well. Um, I do a lot of work for Rachel's dad um both with apartments and you know helping him out with various things with his tax firm um, and other odds and ends jobs that he might need um and then we have our farm which is you know still a business in process um getting that going um and then we also just recently got into doing airbnb rentals so we've started started doing that as well so that's that occupies our time. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, in your life, how have you confirmed the teachings and doctrine of the church? I would say personal revelation has been a big one um, for me. A lot of, a lot of all, I mean, I would say every good thing in my life has come from Heavenly Father, and and a lot of them have come because I listen to promptings. You know, for me, um, personal revelation has always been very important for me as well. Um, I would say for me, it's also experience driven. Um, you know, I, I feel I feel a deep connection to Heavenly Father through various experiences that I've had throughout my life, um, and a lot of times they're not even necessarily spiritual experiences, but just admiring the beauty of the earth. Um, I often feel that that deep connection. I guess one one brief experience to share um, on a previous episode of the podcast with um, brother Nat Miller, he shared 
Um, and I believe it was an answer to this question. He shared an experience where he took the the boys one time to um, Hill Cumorah, to Palmyra. Well, I was one of the boys on that trip. I was one of the scouts. Um, and that was that trip was a huge testimony builder for me. Um, I I often think of that trip as really laying the foundation for for my testimony, the things that I learned and the things that I felt and the experiences that I had there. Yeah, very fun. So so you're both born in the church though? You're not Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very fun. So that's that's a very cool tie that you went back. But thank you for sharing. Uh, genealogy is important in the church. What do you know about your name and family history? Um, well, I guess Lisa Burnham shared a little bit about our name and how it used to be Rasmussen. Um, but Robinson's, so my maiden name is Robinson, and that um, there's a history of Robinson's in this area. So my grandfather and my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather all lived here. Um, I have... I don't know, I guess some random stories of things in the area, but my, I think she would be my, I don't remember exactly how she's directly connected, but um, one of my ancestors that lived in this area, she and her husband um, owned the first silent movie theater and she was the pianist. So she would, right, they would play a movie that was silent and then she would play the piano you know, for all the dramatic mu music that's happening during the, the movie, you know, and have to time the, the big epic, you know, crescendos in time with whatever's happening to the movie. And I, and I thought, I think that's really cool. Um, the, the theater that they own no longer exists anymore, but you know, like the area where it is, is could be found. You know, I, people often ask me about my first name because um, most people haven't heard of it. A lot of people have heard of Blaise, the French version. Um, but it's Blaise is an, it's an old family name. Um, it's, it's origins. It, it, it's hard to say. I've tried to look it up many times. Um, and various sources say it comes from different places. Some say it's Old English. Some say it's French. Some say it's Greek. Um, but it's, it, it, you know, it's a name that I, that I love because it is unique. And my family, you know, my mom's family is, is mostly from Germany. Um, and they, you know, immigrated to the U.S., um, spent some time in Chicago before uh, most of them ended up moving up here to this area. Um, so all the, all the shillings are, are part of that clan. Um, a lot of them are gone now. A lot of them are passed away. But there's a lot that are still in the area. Um as far as my my dad's side, they're kind of from all over the place. Um, you know, a little bit of everything there, a little bit of Scandinavian, some Irish, some German. Um, but I, you know, I, I I generally trace most of my roots back to back to Germany. Yeah, very cool. Lots of interesting stuff there, uh, especially about that silent movie theater. Uh, now, Sister Porter, would that be a career that you'd be interested in pursuing? Uh, if you <laughs> the choice? Um, I, maybe. I'm not, I don't play the piano, unfortunately, as much as I would have loved to. She could play um, some dramatic cello music yeah, for the movie. Yeah, right? Or, or, or a tuba. I could do the tuba part for the movie, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> could be, I could, I don't know, if it's a silent movie, yeah. <laughs> could be fun. Uh, what would you say is one thing that is unique about you? 
I think for for me, I have a hard time settling on just one thing to be interested or excited about. Um, I get excited about lots of things, um, which has made you know, which has made a career difficult for me to choose. Which is why I'm doing you know property management, Airbnbs, and farming. And <laughs> but it's I, I've always just been really interested in learning about new topics. You know, I, I think Wikipedia is probably one of my most frequented websites, um, just because I like reading about different things. Um, you know, I have a I have a huge love for history, so I read a lot about history. Um, but then I I just like learning random things. I one time I decided that I wanted to learn how to lay concrete foundations, so. Went to the library and checked out a stack of books, uh, but this is just kind of what I do. I just get really interested in, in a lot of different things. Very cool. Um, I don't know. What what is unique about me? I You're very artistic. That's not that unique. <laughs> Lots of people claim that. No, I don't know. Um. I like goats. I feel like goats are my spirit animal, maybe. <laughs> if I had a Patronus, it would be a goat. Um, I really enjoy milking my goats every morning, even even when it's in the middle of winter or you know, January or February and negative 30 outside. I still really enjoy going out and milking my goats. Do you have a do you have a favorite goat? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> That's really hard. It's it's it depends on what you're asking about, right? So we have we have a goat named Cinder, and she's a lot smaller than all, all the other ones, and she is just trouble. But it's hilarious. So she gets herself into all sorts of different funny things, and she's always jumping fences and trying to, you know, she's holding her own against goats that are probably three times her size. So she cracks me up, but she's like a pill. So, <laughs> but also very sweet, but also very sweet. Yes. Um, but then we have, right. Jewel is, is our biggest goat and she gives the most milk and she's the easiest to milk and very easy going and very sweet. So, um, we have a whole, we have several baby goats and it's hard not to just love the baby goats. We have a new little one this year and her name's Andromeda and she's just really, really sweet and really, really pretty. So she might be on her way to being my favorite goat. I I don't even know what I would do if I had a baby goat. Like I think that would be an overload in my personal presence. It's they're, they're pretty incredible. Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. They're hilarious just to watch play and jump, and they'll be jumping on other goats' backs, and you can tell that all the adults are just like. <laughs> just all this talking is gonna make me want to go get a baby goat of my own. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good idea, honestly. I would recommend I don't know if our neighbors would be too happy, but <laughs> I I think I I think we'd be pretty pleased. <laughs> I kept um, trying to when we lived in La Crosse, I kept trying to convince Blaze to let me get a goat, even though it was against city ordinances. She was convinced we could pass it off as a dog if she took it for walks. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could have. Who would really question you? Come on. Exactly. Um, so now going on to our rapid fire segment. Uh, if you could serve a mission anywhere in the world, where would it be? Is this for both of us or for one of us? Um, Actually, let's do every other. Sorry about that. So let's start uh, with you, actually, Sister Portner. Ooh, if I could serve a mission anywhere. You know, I don't even know of a specific place. More just I would love to serve a service mission. 
I mean, just really be somewhere where, um, where people needed more, you know, yes, the gospel, but also um, helping with like physical needs. And I think that would dig someone a well. I kind of do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if you had to choose, would you choose in state or out of state? You know, I, I really wouldn't even matter. I would love to learn a different language, and I'm, I'm but I've never really been able to. So, out of if I went out of state, if I went, you know, to a different country, that would kind of necessitate it a little bit. So, that might help me towards other goals. Sure. Uh, Brother Portner, do you have a favorite word? Aardvark. And I don't really know why. It's just fun to say. But any anytime I need to say something random, I always say aardvark, just because I think it's funny. Good choice. Good one. Uh, <laughs> Sister Portner, what's a place you've been that you'd recommend to others? You know, I went to Egypt um, to, uh, many years ago. I was 18. And it was incredible. I love the history. I love the... Um, artwork. I got to go inside, you know, pier the pier a pyramid. I got to go inside many tombs, temples. Um, I mean, Egyptian temples, and the scale of just um, the scale of what people built so long ago was just breathtaking, and everything was beautiful. The people were just wonderful, really nice. It's not. I mean, it was a, not particularly safe place to be even then it's gotten worse since then so that's that makes it a little difficult but we traveled everywhere with guides that had um automatic weapons down like the back of their pants <laughs> and that was always a little intimidating but it was just the coolest experience that does sound pretty fun um brother portner uh what's your favorite activity to do in the lacrosse area um i you know i love water activities so canoeing kayaking paddle boarding um just being on the water um yeah it's it's hard for me though because it, it depends on my mood because <laughs> i also love being out biking um yeah i love being outside um but yeah it's probably probably being out on the water is my favorite thing to do yeah, do you have a favorite uh, location or body of water? You know, we we typically end up going just down to Goose Island um, and, you know, doing the canoe trail there. So that's, yeah, that's probably our favorite spot. Absolutely. Uh, water sports are also very popular in the Heisey household. Uh, so we enjoy going to Winona because their rates are pretty great to get a summer pass. Uh, but now we have uh, one kayak, so my father will strictly object to let any of us have a pass. <laughs> so we haven't gotten out as much this summer, but uh, we hope to. So fantastic answer. Uh, Sister Portner, in order, what cities have you lived in? Well, I was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I lived there up until I did a summer semester at BYU Provo, and then I went to BYU Idaho for the fall and then I came back to lacrosse for the winter and then I went to BYU Provo for the next 
summer and then I went to BYU Idaho for the fall and then I came home back back to Wisconsin for the winter and have I guess been I guess moved from lacrosse to Westby. So I you know I think I've only really if you count if you count living somewhere as more than three months, then I've only lived in <laughs> the greater lacrosse area. <laughs> um what was your major at BYU? I majored in art. Very fun. Um, that would explain. Uh, I probably a lot of our audience doesn't know, uh, but Sister Portner had a wonderful youth activity this last Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. and I can confidently say I've never seen someone make a tree out of some popsicle sticks and paint. Um, <laughs> so that would maybe make sense uh, that there was some art school required for that. <laughs> uh, Brother Portner, uh, what is your go-to seat in the chapel? Um, honestly, because we always end up getting there pretty much right as sacrament is starting. So it's whatever seat fits our family. We're, we're one of the bigger families in the ward. So we require a, a, a lengthy space to fit us all. There's usually none left. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, um, cause I grew up in this ward, it was always on the right side towards the back. That's just always where my mom, my grandma and I sat. Very cool. Uh, Sister Portner, what's a time when you've laughed really hard? <laughs> this takes it takes a story. Um, so this is so again, right? Like I, I, Blaze and I both we both grew up in the ward, and so Wednesdays, every Wednesday, um, we would, you know, there would be youth or um, there would be like young women's uh, young women's activity, um, but we were in the branch. I was in the branch. When I was when I was um, in Young Women's, and so my sister and I would go to swim practice, and we go directly from swim practice. Sometimes we'd go home for like half an hour to change or to get you know things, and then we would go we'd go back down, come back down the bluff. We, my parents lived up on the bluff, and we would go to youth activities. And very almost never we right we usually school ended. We went to practice and then we went to youth activities. We never got dinner. And I'm sure this is probably pretty common for a lot of the youth in the in the ward, right? This is just kind of something you do Wednesdays. Um, but there's one particular Wednesday, my, Sarah and I, my sister Sarah, we had a swim meet the next day. So at, at, instead of practice after school, we had a spaghetti dinner. Which so that's you just go and you just gorge yourself on carbs, right? To get your energy up for the next day. So we went and we just, you know, pigged out on on as much pasta as we could manage. And then we got home just to drop off our stuff and um, get changed really quick. We and grab our other sister, Hannah, and she and you know, and then head back down to go to to Wednesday activities. And my mom, we walked in the door and my mom's like, oh, it's so great. I know what you guys never get dinner and I always feel so bad. And so I made you guys dinner tonight. And she was so proud of herself. And we are like rolling in the door because we're so full. But my mom had like made the extra effort to make us dinner. So we were like, thanks mom. And we like stuffed ourselves even more full because we didn't want to make her feel bad and have her effort wasted. Um, so then we, um, like are, you know, both just 
about to be sick. We're so full. And we get down to the, the, the Janine Baker was the young woman's president. So we get down to Janine Baker's house and she tells us she had a special surprise for us. And we get there and she said, because it was Thanksgiving coming up, she had made us a full Thanksgiving dinner because she always felt so bad that we never got dinner on Wednesdays. So we sit down to a like three course Thanksgiving dinner and we're just eating as much as, you know, right? We're eating, but both of us are just so full, so full. And we finished off our plates and we feel so proud. And she's, Sister Baker was just like, are you, is it not very good? You just don't seem that hungry. So we're like, no, it's the best, please. Can we have seconds? Right, so we, <laughs> so we left her house after that, you know, right? So this is our third big meal of, of, in the last hour and a half. And we're driving away and there is somebody, there's like a teenage boy walking and he's like doing this goofy dance as he's listening to his music. And Sarah and I just start laughing and it hurts so bad to laugh because we were so full. And so we're both like almost, almost vomiting, but just laughing so hard and it hurts and we cannot stop. And then Han is in the back and she didn't see it. So she keeps asking us what's so funny. So we'll get like ourselves under control and then one of us will start explaining what happened. And it'll set the other one off. <laughs> so yeah, so that is by far the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. It probably lasted in 15 minutes and we were so miserable, but it was, it was so funny. Gosh, yeah. that, that's an epic story for you. <laughs> I, I'm full just like hearing that story. <laughs> I, I can just skip dinner tonight. <laughs> um, uh, Brother Portner, uh, if you starred in a movie, what genre would it be? Ooh. Hmm. What genre would my would my life be or what genre would I want it to be? What genre would you want it to be? Sci-fi. 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 I I'm a big sci-fi fan. <laughs> would you want it to be like involving aliens or like what what sort of category of sci-fi? That's a very broad. I don't know if I can because I just I I there's very little sci-fi that I that I don't like. You know, I guess I'd prefer not to be like stuck on a planet with predators or aliens or anything. But uh, yeah, that's true. Um, But I I do I'm just you know I'm I'm a fan of like um, you know post-apocalyptic sci-fi's you know space operas just just the gamut. I just, I, I really, I really get into sci-fi. Sure. Um, now if both of you could answer this, um, we'll start with sister partner. What's a positive childhood memory that you have. And for this, I'll add a twist. I know we just visited. Um, but you mentioned your, your childhood household. Um, and that is pretty close, uh, in, in distance to us. And we drive by that when we're going to the quarry trail hikes and we look and we marvel at it because it is such a wonderful household. So I would love to hear a childhood memory that you have relating to that specific house. Well, and that's my whole childhood. I never lived in another house other than that one. Um, growing up, I lived right. That was my parents' house from when I was from before I was born until um, uh, until like after I got married. Um, 
I have so many happy memories there. Just, it was just an amazing, it was an amazing family to grow up in. It was an amazing location to be in. We would hike all of the, the trails up on, you know, the Hicks and Forest trails up there. There's, I mean, I know lots of people can see, um, there's the big, you know, there's the big drop off. If you go past the, you know, you do the hike, not the quarry hike, but you go past that down to the end, then there's a big drop off that you can kind of see. Um, but there's a hike that goes around so that you're at the front of that and you can carve your name into the stone. So all of my siblings, all of our names are carved into their stone along with like our next door neighbors. We would do that one a lot. Um, we would, our, we had, our next door neighbors had a whole bunch of kids that kind of matched up in age with a lot of us. So we would just spend, I mean, I just remember every day I would, we'd get off the bus from school and we'd run up and we'd throw our backpacks down in front of the door and we'd just, we'd just be outside until we couldn't see our hands in front of our face. And that's, I just love that. Very fun. Uh, Brother Portner? So... One of my favorite childhood memories, um, and it's it's nothing epic, but it. So I so I I grew up as an only child um, in a single parent household, and and my mom is awesome. She she did a lot to really make sure that I never felt lonely. Um, so we were you know during the summer especially, we would always have either my cousins over or friends over, or I, or I would go to my cousin's house or a friend's house. So there's constantly sleepovers. I mean, almost every night. And we the the house that we lived in in Holman, it was you know it was it was hot. We had a single window air conditioner upstairs. Um, so summers were summers were hot and sticky, which was totally fine for me as a kid. You know, I didn't I didn't know anything different. Um, and one of my one of my favorite memories. And I don't even know exactly why this one sticks out to me, but I, I often think about it. it. Was there was one? It was a summer day. It was hot. I had my cousin Matt Schilling, who is in the Veropa branch. Um, um, Chris Chris Hilton was there, um, and and a couple other people. And we were we were sitting around. We were playing the Super Nintendo. We were playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which was one of my favorite games. Um, and you know, my mom, she just, she was, she was just, she was making us food and she was always making sure that we were having so much fun. And she made us, she made us these hot dogs that I just loved. It was just, it was just a tortilla with mozzarella cheese and a hot dog. And then she would roll it up. Um, and I just, and I loved it. That was one of my favorite treats as a kid. Um, and it was just, it was, and she would do stuff like this a lot for me. Um, but just that particular memory, I don't know. It was just, it was just so, there was so much joy and just, especially looking back on it, thinking about how much my mom did, you know, cause she worked a lot to support us. Um, but how much she did on top of that in order to make sure that I just had an awesome childhood. Um, and that moment, you know, as seemingly insignificant as it is, that just really, it really illustrates to me how much she did for me as, as a kid. And, and I just, and I love it. I love that memory. Very fun. Thank you for sharing. Uh, now sister partner, we're going to go back to you. Uh, if you had to live in one decade forever, what decade would you choose? <laughs> 
I, oh, maybe this is boring, but I would choose this one. You choose, you choose the 2020 decade. I would. I mean, I mean, obviously, right? COVID is the pits, but this is where, I mean, all of, uh, pretty much everybody I care about and love is here now. And that's, that's what I, I don't know. I have all of I mean, I guess, can, can I take everybody that I know with me to a different decade? Then maybe I choose differently. But but I don't know, because I do. I'm, I'm super optimistic about the present. I'm super optimistic about the future. I love the people around me. I love the people that I get to interact with. I love that right now. I mean, there's just such a huge access. I love books and movies and video games and computer games and and board games and there's there's so much more of that right now i mean our access to that is just huge right now even more so than 10 years ago i mean right board games have just boomed and there's so many cool board games so many of my favorite authors are currently writing i mean there's yes there's amazing historical ones but right there those but there's new ones and those would be here if i went back in time so yeah i like this one uh, brother partner, have you ever played a musical instrument? I have. So I played I played viola growing up. I started in fourth grade and I played it through my senior year in high school. Um, and I have not played it since, but it's actually something that I have told Rachel uh, multiple mm -hmm. times. And actually, we, we've looked. They're just hard to find news about getting a viola and starting to starting to play that again. Uh, what did you enjoy most about playing viola? You know, I loved being in an orchestra, um, and you know, ultimately that was what I, I was never. I was never that great. Um, I, I I always like to brag to people that I was second chair viola in high school, but that's only because we had two violas. Um, but I, you know, I never I never enjoyed practicing on my own, so I didn't, which just meant that I never progressed really that well. Uh, but I really, I really enjoyed being in the orchestra, the friends that I made there. I love the sound of an orchestra, um, and especially just being right in the middle of it. Um, I just, I just love that. Sure. Um, sister partner, uh, what are some of your current hobbies? Um, oh, Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> It's a computer game. It's a computer farming game. This is how sad I am when we're not when we can't farm. I, I virtually farm. Um, I love yes. Yeah, so I love I love playing video games. I love playing computer games. I love board games and I love reading. I love watching movies. We do a lot of those. All of, I do a lot of all of the above. I have other hobbies, but they usually get neglected. Uh, thank you, uh, brother partner. Uh, what's one life lesson that you've learned? Oh man, that's that's a hard one to narrow down. Um, I think you know being being frugal with money, just being smart. Um, it just right, it reduces a lot of stress <laughs> in life. So you know, before I got married, I wasn't the best at managing money, uh, so I was always running out of money. Um, but it was also, it was a period of time where, you know, it didn't really matter all that much. I wasn't going to starve. I wasn't going to be evicted. Um, but I think that it's, it's something that I've learned and something that Rachel has helped me to learn is to just 
just be be smart with how you spend your money and of course always pay tithing you know, that's some that's something that i've always had a strong testimony of and always done um and seen the blessings come from yeah sure i'm sure that after uh running a farm and managing an apartment complex that that's probably a life <laughs> lesson that you picked up <laughs> yes yeah especially especially on a farm managing money is very important <laughs> Well, if, you, uh, now, if you manage it carefully, you don't need very much of it. Yeah. Uh, now for both of you again, uh, do you have any fun family traditions uh, that you have had or currently have? Uh, and we'll start with Sister Portner. Hmm. That's interesting. We do, we do, um, every Saturday night, we do family movie night with, it's the only night of the week that Blaze cooks. So every Saturday, frozen pizza for the win. We have frozen pizza, <laughs> and we have frozen pizza and popcorn, and we watch a movie with on um, blankets on the floor in the living room. And I just think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's neat. Just have a, it's a weekly tradition, I guess. But we, I really enjoy that. So for me, um, you know. Going back to, to my mom again, my mom was really good at creating traditions for me as a kid. Um, a lot of them revolved around holidays. Um, and one of them that we've really carried on with our family is Christmas time going and, and cutting down our own Christmas tree. Um, so it's totally way more work hauling all the kids out to a Christmas tree farm. Um, and we've adapted to the tradition to, you know, to our own family. Um, but that's, that's one of my favorite traditions that we, that we do every year. When you started your sentence, I wasn't sure if you were referring to Christmas tree farm or if it was just like, go out in the woods and find a good evergreen, <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring the ax. I'm sure all of you together could just find, find a good tree and haul it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sister Portner now, I think. Uh, do you have a favorite state park? You know, we've we've done a bunch of um, national parks that have always been just super fun. But I... Hmm. I'm not sure if I really have a favorite. You know, my, my, favorite, my favorite places in nature are totally... I mean, Hickson Forest is one of my favorite places. And that's it's not a state park. It's just a local um, forest but so yeah I don't think I don't know if I have a favorite state park I think I think Hickson can count I'll make an exception thanks <laughs> uh, brother Portner if you could speak one language what would it be that oh man you know I've, I've always wanted to be able to speak Hmong um, just because it would be so applicable here in this area um, but in recent years, and actually this kind of started on my mission was, I would love to be able to speak Spanish, um, just because it's becoming more and more common that it would be really handy to be able to speak Spanish. Yeah, very cool. I will say, um, a fun fact that I learned a few months ago is that actually in the Hmong language, when you're looking at it written down, that the last letter is never applicable to the actual word and how you say it. It just phrases uh, tonally how you would pronounce the word. So if you if you ever decide to pursue that, just keep that in mind. <laughs> nice. Good to know. I'll pave, I'll pave your road to success there. 
Um, Sister Portner, do you have a favorite dessert? Anything chocolate. I think I can just, I mean, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake, brownies. I don't need anything. And chocolate bars, chocolate candy, anything chocolate. So I've gotten this answer a few times, and now um, I just had a recent experience, actually. Um, and this is a dangerous, uh, this is a dangerous thing for chocolate lovers. So in the Mall of America, there is a lint chocolate shop, um, like the Truffles, uh -huh. and they have everything there. Like it's not just the flavors that they sell at in the bags. They have like yeah. mangoes and cream and almond and like all the different flavors and then they have them on these huge crates and i also love chocolate but that was just a whole new level and it is that amazing. is that is dangerous information for sure so, <laughs> so luckily uh they have a discount right now and you can get a gigantic crate um for 44 dollars right hey. so, <laughs> there you go <laughs> and if you truly love chocolate you'll get like five of those that's that's what we were considering. We just went with a little baggy though, <laughs> um, just a sample, and then we're planning our our next trip out. Um, so yes, gotta restock. <laughs> Food storage, right? That's what it can be. That's exactly. You need to have. I mean, now how many two years worth of chocolate truffles? That's a few crates at, at least, for sure. I mean, I think just living off of that would be like the ideal situation. Like, hey, you might need to be in this situation, but you have lint truffles to survive off of. Exactly. So. exactly. It just brings an upper note in case you ever need to be in that situation. <laughs> um, Brother Portner, do you have a favorite cereal? I do, and they don't make it anymore. So when I was a, when I was a kid, my grandma would always, would always buy this. So Lee Schilling in the world, she's my grandma. She would buy, it was a frosted mini wheats, except it was apple filled. And I love, I love like apple flavored anything like apple pie is like the best, but that cereal was so good. It was just amazing. And then they just stopped making it a long time ago. And I've been disappointed by cereal ever since. That is a very tragic, tragic story. <laughs> um, so then from last week, uh, who did we have? We had um, brother and sister Burnham. Uh, so first from Brother Burnham, how's your day going? <laughs> that that was his icebreaker question. It's been it's been good. Yeah, hey, Brad, this is our first. I think this is our first Saturday all summer long that we've just been home, and with... that's, a, that's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it it was it was amazing. So we just you know got a few things done around the house, but yeah, this is the first day in a long time where we haven't been just go go go. Yeah, we took a we took a nap this afternoon. I think that's I don't even oh, know. Oh god, that hasn't happened in a long time. I don't think I've taken a nap in years. Probably. <laughs> so yeah, red letter day. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Sure. Uh, then from Sister Burnham, uh, what is something unique that you have eaten? Hmm. And you'll both answer this. I'm kind of boring when it comes to food, honestly. I, I haven't had a lot. I guess I had octopus once. It's like yeah. rubber. So 
I don't think you can say I'm pretty bland when it comes to food and then say just casually bring up, well, I've had an, ac- I've had an octopus once. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I haven't had that yet. So I think that constitutes as maybe something that's pretty unique. I ate, yeah, I guess I've, I've tried alligator. Can you give us like a flavor profile on that? Yeah, it tastes like really, really greasy chicken. I mean, you know, like they say, everything tastes like chicken, but literally if somebody like, (laughs) if somebody just injected oil into chicken, like into a chicken leg, that's what alligator tasted like. So KFC fans will rejoice, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a little tougher than, uh, than you would typically maybe get at a KFC, but yeah. I think I angered a few people with that statement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then finally, if you had to recommend any icebreaker question, what would it be? One of my favorites is if you could visit any fictional place, what would it be? That's a good one. Do you want one from each of us or just the one? Uh, yes, from both of you. Um, what is a unique talent that very few people know you have? Thank you very much. Uh, So from this, we will go into our personal segment. Um, Now, this one I'm very excited for, and our listeners might have had this. uh, They might have heard this referenced a few times, uh, but the partners run a farm, family farm. Uh, So can you just tell us about uh, the process of building up your farm, Uh, what like that, that purchasing area was like and the entire moving it and what can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, you know, we, this is something that we've known that we wanted to do. I mean, basically since we got married. Um, now, but that was late to the, you were late to the game. I was, This yeah. is what I've wanted to do since I was like three. Yep. And <laughs> Rachel, Rachel converted me to the idea. Um, we, we spent a long time looking for a farm. We, we decided, I mean, we were anxious to get a farm and be out in the country, but at the same time, we, we also knew that there was something that heavenly father had for us that he had prepared for us. And so we decided that we were going to just take our time, um, and just kind of be ready whenever it, whenever it was time for it to happen. Um, so I would say, you know, we, we started actively looking, what, six to eight years mm-hmm. before we actually bought our farm. Um, so, yeah, we, we looked at a lot of different farms, but, um, you know, none of them, none of them were quite right. Well, that's not, that's not even true. We had, we found some that we thought were perfect, except for they weren't right. Because yes. We felt we inspired felt, not to buy them. Yep. That is, that is very true. Um, so when we when we it, when we found this place, it was interesting because it was actually um, they weren't using a realtor; um, they were just selling it on their own. We were actually in Utah on vacation at the time, and I found it just posted on Craigslist and showed it to Rachel. And the the pictures, I mean, they look nice, but you know, definitely not professional by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit further away from Lacrosse than we had originally been hoping. Um, but the price was about right. So we, so we gave them a call and set up a time for when we got back um, to take a look at it. And so we, so we drove out here and we pulled down the driveway and we both just knew right away that this was the right place. 
this was the place that had been prepared for us. And so, and so we met the owners and it was, and it was interesting because it was an older couple that retired um, and they were, they were keeping a small section of the property um, to, to build a new house on just a small house, just for the two of them. Um, so it wasn't, it was less of a real estate showing as it was an interview. You know, they were, they're, and they're this is why, for their new neighbors. yeah, this is why they weren't using a realtors because they wanted to screen whoever was coming around to look at the farm to make sure that we we're going to make good neighbors. Um, and we just hit it off with them right away. They just, they just fell in love with our kids. Um, and we just, you know, we sat down with them in the house and we just chatted for a long time. Um, and so everything just, just worked out perfectly in that. And the timing was just right. Cause they didn't want to close on it for several months. Um, and that worked out great for us so that we could get our house sold in the cross. Um, and it really like everything, everything had just been prepared exactly as we needed it, um, in order to make this happen. So that's the story of us buying the farm. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about yeah, yeah, and then I guess we've had, I mean, building up the farm, we moved here with five chickens, which is the max allowed in La Crosse County, or like in the city of La Crosse. So that's what we, we had a five chicken flock there. Um, so we moved those chickens out into their palace of a chicken coop here. Um, and then we bought, I mean, we you know, bought more chickens. We bought, tur we bought turkey, baby turkey chicks. We bought, you know, we've done meat birds and meat chickens and meat, meat turkeys. We got our first goats, which were totally just what we could afford off of Craigslist, knowing very little about goats other than what I'd read in books um, and learned, you know, very quickly that just because it's a goat doesn't mean you can get milk from it or good milk or good it. milk from it. <laughs> There's a steep learning curve that we took uh, just like most things that we do. We, yep. we like to learn the hard way. We um, also bought, we bought a couple of sheep that were, had been rejected by their mother. So they were only a few days old mm -hmm. and we figured, Oh, this is great. This is a great way for us to save some money. Not realizing that milk replacer costs a fortune. So we ended up spending more, more. milk replacer than we would have if we had just bought full grown sheep. Yeah. <laughs> All the things that you learn when you're when you're you're growing and, and trying new things. And we did we, you know, bought some pigs intending and it took us a while to figure out the best way to house them. Um I would I'd read an an old farmer proverb. I guess maybe, and it said if it if it can hold water, it can hold a pig. And that's kind of how you know whether your we've discovered that your pasture can contain a pig is if it can hold water. And I thought that was a funny thing. And then yes, it is. I would say accurate. <laughs> we we lost. We we brought home. We spent we spent basically our our you know our minimal savings. scraped together savings on these four pigs. And put them in their pen, and the next morning, all four of them were gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to scour the. We spent three hours scouring the property and the yeah. neighbor's property before Simon and Dale finally spotted them. And then catching them was, you know, it was its own um, pay, uh, adventure. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just <laughs> hilarious. So another one of the, those life lessons. That yeah. You all, all sorts of things. Um, so yeah. So then he got us into, right. So then we looked into dairy goats and we bought registered dairy goats and those have been 
amazing as far as keeping our family in milk. And we have developed opinions about chickens, chicken breeds. And um, we're working on putting in garden beds and we're hoping to eventually, we're working on the infrastructure to build up to having a CSA um, as our eventual goal. And we'll have a couple acres of market gardens in eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one thing that we've discovered um, with, with having the farm is that having connections is really, is really important, developing relationships with other farmers. So it's, you know, that's how we've been able to really build up our goat herd is we've connected with another family that's not too far away, that this is what they do full time is just goats. Um, so being able to tap into that experience. yeah to lean lean on them for experience you know we've had we've had a few times where we've you know we've had issues with goats so we're like well is it do we call a vet we're just not sure so we give them a call and they come over and they take a look and help us out with that um so yeah and so we and we've developed other relationships with other people like that so that's been that's been wonderful it's the, you know the farming community really it really is a tight-knit community um which is nice and it's also reclusive at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of farmers just don't want to be bothered, but if you need help with something, they'll drop everything at, at yeah, you know, in a moment's yeah. notice to, to come help. Yeah. So would you say you're like registered in the system now? You have your cultural license as a farmer. Depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like if I'm talking to people that don't farm, I'm a farmer. If I'm talking to people that do farm, I this is like a this is a this is a weekend hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't live and die by our farm yet. We don't eat or not eat by our farm yet. That's a real farmer. One one thing that's that's kind of funny out here, right? Because Ed, everyone has trucks out here, right? It just you've got a farm, you have to have a truck. And we recently got a, a big diesel dually truck. And whenever I'm out driving that around, right, all everyone, everyone waves to me now and all the other trucks, all the tractors, if they're out in the field and we make eye contact, they wave to me. Um, but if I'm driving my Subaru around, nope, nobody's waving at me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the group when I'm out driving now with the truck. <laughs> You have you have clout sometimes and yeah. it yep. changes depending on the vehicle. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so could you just give us a quick like tour just auditorily of uh, what the farm looks like? Uh, what what are some of the highlights that are on the property? I mean, I think, a, you know, a big thing is so we're ridge top, right? We're technically ridge top, but we're in, the, in a valley on the ridge um, with a creek running through. It's fun to right. We were just watching as we're talking. We're watching the sun set and there is cooling. So then there's a mist you know, rising up just off of the creek, which is really, really beautiful to see. Um, so we've got, you know, we're kind of, we've got trees going up both sides and then we're just kind of in this little bowl with the creek running through. It just is a, often protected from the wind. So it just stays a little bit warmer than a lot of the area around, which is really nice. The house itself is the original house that's kind of the heart of the home. It's where the, the kitchen is and there's a room above it that it, that was built in 1842, I believe. Right. So yeah, 1842, which is, I mean, that was 
Norwegian settlers that cleared this area built their, you know, their log home. And that still is the center of our house. That log home still exists. So the walls still, are a foot and a half thick. Yeah, there still has the log walls. And that is, I think, such a neat thing to have that history. The family that lived there was a husband and wife and their nine sons. And so that's, you know, whenever I feel like claustrophobic during the winter, I think, well, at least I don't, I'm not, you know, packed in here. <laughs> with 19 age boys <laughs> um but it's so that's it's you know and, and that that initial little house has had several additions put on it but the house as a whole is i mean it's unique and it's quirky and we really like that wood heat is our primary heat source yeah in here so we, we grab we loads that. of wood and we have to bring it in to keep everything warm um yeah we've got a we've got a nice big yard uh, which is really nice. And the creek, the creek kind of wraps around the house. So we've got, we've got creek on two sides of the house. Um, and it comes up really close to our, to our dining room. Um, so if you, door. So if you, the you open the windows in the dining room and you can just hear the creek, which is really nice. Um, and then we've got, we've got an old granary building um, that was restored um, before we bought the, before we bought the place um, that's sitting out in, in front of the house. And it, an enormous chicken coop. Yes, an enormous chicken coop that's set into the hill with, you know, stone all around. And and then we've got a big barn where we keep all of our goats and our tractor and all the other things that we need. Um, mm -hmm. yep. and, and then from there, the, the property keeps going in that direction um, to the to the east. Um, and that's where really all of our big open pastures are over there. Um, and we're we're gonna eventually turn most of it into into market gardens, um, and then if you jump across the creek, our our land it goes up the goes up the valley, um, up to the top of the hill, um, and there's a big pasture up there as well. Sure. Uh, so I don't want to keep you too long here. Um, so my final two questions that we can move to through quickly. Uh, so I want to hear about your process of naming your farms, uh, the name you decided upon. I heard there might be a little bit of a story there. Uh, and then what some of your favorite highlight moments have been uh, throughout the process of owning this farm? Sure. So we call it, um, so our farm we call is named Kidding Creek Farm. And it's a Norwegian tradition to name your farm, usually after, um, his, you know, natural landmarks nearby. Um which, right, so then the obvious one would be we're, we're on a creek, but the creek that we're on is the North Fork of the Bad Axe. So Bad Axe Farm just wasn't quite the family-friendly <laughs> feel that we were going for. <laughs> so we were like, okay, well, if we could name our creek, what would we name our creek? And the creek, it's right, it's, uh, we have, we really enjoy you know, we play in the creek, we fish in the creek, we um, camp by the creek. we camp by the creek. Our kids, you know, there's shallow areas where they go and they, you know, bring buckets and shovels and there's deeper areas where we can swim. I mean, there's just lots of play that happens. So that was, we were kind of, but it also runs right past our barn where there's, you know, baby goats and 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 so right between the playing and the baby goats and the children that's how we kind of came to the term that's where our that's the kidding came from so uh play on all of the different forms of kidding I so guess. so kidding for those that don't know is when a when a goat has kids has, has babies, babies. Mm -hmm. um you know the 
they're called kids and once they've given birth it's called kidding yeah so, so that's a big part of it's a big part of our life around here especially in the spring there's a lot of kidding going on yep and we kid around and we have kids everywhere so yep. that's all the that's Seem the kidding and that's the kidding creek <laughs> So your farm, you're saying your farm has been built off of puns entirely. <laughs> I right. I think I'm that's, sure I think that's really that's really a solid foundation for anything. That's that's really not a bad life to live. That's entirely <laughs> foundation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, last, what have just been some of your favorite highlights? Um. That's. All sorts of things. Yeah, it's hard to narrow it down we to anything of, specifically. We but... kind of have cleared an area next to our creek that's really beautiful and has a beaver dam. So there's an, a pretty area that's fun to swim in. And we go camping there. And I think that's created a lot of fun memories. It's funny, right? We go camping at our at our farm. So I don't know. That's maybe a little <laughs> silly, but we have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think, you know, we, we actually, we, so we have a pantry in our house that we, and on the door of the pantry, we, we've written down kind of landmark moments of our farm. Like when we got our first goats, when we milked our first goat, when we got our first pigs, um, things like that. So, you know, it's nothing really, you know, no big, crazy experiences. The first but, time we made cheese. Yeah. But each, you know, each of those things have just been highlights from, for us. And, you know, we've tried out lots of different things with the, with the Everts help, we got bees and we tapped our maple trees last year and we made it, made a little bit of maple syrup, which was fun. And so, you know, just trying out all these little things that have just you know, created a lot of fun experiences for our family. And not everything turns into a passion, but it all turns into a experience. Fun, fun experience and memories. Yeah. We this this summer we my niece was baptized in our creek and that was a really neat experience. That is a very fun experience. I that's a very new thing, but such that must have been so very cool to to be able to see that. Um yeah. well thank you very much uh, for sharing your experiences and talking on this week's episode. Thank you, thank Sam. Then thank you to everyone at home uh, for listening into today's episode, and I'll see you next week.